Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. This is the third day of the new year. I pray that all of you have started off right. You have some things that you've been pondering and thinking upon regarding just your destiny, your plan for this year, God willing, as well as just a few other things. This is season two of Alpha Talk Tuesday podcast. This is a weekly podcast to connect, empower, and inspire enlightened minds to pursue a life of greatness. So guys, I'm so excited that we're starting season two of this. This was not even my idea to do it in a season one, season two, and so forth format. But God is good. He has his plan. And I'm think he has a reason that he I know he has a reason that he's doing it this way so I'm just really excited about the possibilities and what we're doing so I thank all of you for joining today so without further ado I'm just going to go ahead and open us up in prayer for today's message Father God you are such an awesome amazing graceful God full of love full of favor full of passion full of justice, full of love. Nothing is above you. Everything is subject to you. You have all power and authority. Anything that's looking to exalt itself against the knowledge of you or your son, Father, we cast it down right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that this year that we will really embrace you, that we will embrace the Holy Spirit, that we will embrace Jesus more that we will make changes in some of our routines, our relationships, the things that we're doing, that we will start to be even more serious about our calling and destiny, knowing that the time is short. Lord, I pray that our minds will not be so focused on what we can get, but what you are giving through our lives. Lord, I pray that we may continue to grow in boldness, grow in humility, grow in love, grow in excellence, grow in skill, grow in communication skills, that we will continue to improve and not be satisfied with mediocrity, spiritually or naturally. I pray that our lives will truly be a reflection of the power, love, and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, guys. Thank all of you for coming on today. Today's message is going to be another series. I think we're going to be doing things in a series format for a little while. Um, I think that's just what he wants us to be doing. So I am so excited to introduce you guys to part one of the Kingdom Menace to Society series. Let me repeat that again. Kingdom Menace to Society. So I know you guys are looking like, hold on, where that name come from? So pretty much kingdom is in parentheses, and then I have minister society. So I believe that this series is going to really encourage us and help us to really focus in on what God has for our lives. So this is a series on discipling and what it means to really share the good news of the Lord Jesus. We have to understand that we are not called to a trouble-free life, but a life that Jesus said is life more abundant. 
in the process of following and modeling Jesus, we become a threat to a dying world. The message we share is a message of life, and this message of life contradicts the system and spirit of this world. By choosing to serve and model Jesus, we become a threat to the current systems that govern this world. Our decision to accept the call is a declaration of war. Let me repeat that again. Our decision to accept that call to follow and model Jesus is a declaration of war to a kingdom that is passing away. So the scripture I'm going to start us off with first, before I get into definitions and everything, is Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. So it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? I want us to focus on that part right there. How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So remember how I said this is part one of a series, Kingdom Menace to Society. So I believe that this series is really coming at such an optimal time. It's coming at the beginning of the year. And I believe it's really going to bring revelation, encouragement, and just give us even more depth of purpose, D-E-P-T-H, depth of purpose regarding our assignments, callings, and gifts that the Lord has given us stewardship over. So we must understand a few things. So in part one of this series, where our thought is true ministers are sent, not went. Let me repeat that again. True ministers are sent, not went. And what, about, what I mean by that is this. When we go to Romans 10, the scripture that we just read, remember how Paul said that ministers have to be sent preachers have to be sent how can anyone hear the gospel how can anyone hear the good news if someone is not sent now you have to understand child of god that there's a difference between being sent somewhere and going on your own accord which is went now it's funny because every time i kept thinking about this particularly because this is literally what I heard true ministers are sent not went I kept thinking about the sons of Sceva and I don't want to dwell on that thought too long but I just want you to understand that you as a child of God who are now following and modeling Jesus you have declared war on a dying world by choosing to follow and model him your very presence is a threat because we have to look at the word menace. We're going to actually look at the declaration, I'm sorry, the meanings of the word menace in society. So the word menace actually means, it means declaration of hostile intent, a threat, a dangerous or possibly harmful person or thing. 
So I'm going to pause right there. Menace. This is the definition of the word menace. So like I said, for this series, we're going to be really diving deeper into discipleship and what it looks like real time from a spiritual perspective. We have to understand that our decision to follow and model Jesus was not just a quiet, gentle decision. It was actually a declaration of war. There was a decision made in the spirit that placed you on the opposing on the opposing side of this world system. So the moment you accepted him and believed in Jesus and you chose to receive the Holy Spirit, it was an act of war and a decision to pick sides. It was in this moment that you, child of God, said yes to God and no to the enemy. By you choosing to pledge allegiance to one kingdom, you declared war on another kingdom. I believe that what's happening in the body of Christ is And I am guilty of this too, when it comes to not really knowing what we said yes to. I believe that there are many believers who were not educated on counting the cost, right? And what happens is we we say yes, we accept the Lord Jesus, and yes, we experience some resistance, some persecution and so forth. But I don't think a lot of us really understand the depth of what that decision to follow God said in the spirit because we don't really we can't really see everything that happens in the spirit but i i am admonishing you today through this word i want you to really think how that decision that decision to say yes was a hostile declaration of war to the opposing kingdom that is in this world You are in this world, but Jesus said that you are not of this world. So from the moment you started to follow him, you became a threat to this system, to this society. Society meaning a community, nation, or broader grouping of people who have common traditions, institutions, and collective activities and interests. So understand, child of God, by you choosing to follow and model Jesus, you became a threat, a hostile threat to this world system. So of course, things are going to be very contrary. Things are going to sometimes feel weighty. They're going to feel like a burden because your very declaration and decision to follow the Lord was a declaration of war. And the reason why I want to keep saying this is because I want you to literally picture this in your mind because I believe that this message in this series is really going to eliminate the spirit of double-mindedness. There are many of us, including myself, who have, who have, um, I, I will call it a condition. We have had the condition known as double-mindedness. What does double-minded mean? And we go to James, it means, let me just read it. I believe I have it in my notes. Okay, I don't have it in my notes, but I'm going to run to a really quick, I, I believe it's in James chapter 2. I want to read it. No, actually, it's in James chapter 1, so give me a second, guys. I want to read this. It's very important for you to hear this. So, James chapter 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, I'm starting at verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Now pay attention to this verse. This is verse 6. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Not in yourself, child of God. Let's pause it. Not in yourself, not in your abilities, not even in your life. Your faith has to be in God alone. So continuing on, it says, do not waver. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. So that was James chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. I'm sorry, 1 through, yeah, 1 through 8. So remember how I just mentioned that when you chose to follow and model Jesus, it was a declaration of war. It was a decision to leave behind the ways, customs, systems, and spirit of this world. You were choosing to be made into something totally different. Now, with you being you you deciding by the power of the Holy Spirit to model Jesus, you actually became a threat to this world system. And the reason why I keep saying this world system is because I need you to understand, like, yes, the enemy is a problem, but you are not just battling the enemy. You also are battling a system, a pre-developed, preconceived concept of systems, thoughts, patterns, and so forth that are passing away. And I say that to encourage you, child of God, because yes, you made a decision and your decision was an act of war. You were declaring war on an opposing kingdom, but this kingdom is passing away. If you read through the last three books of Revelation, um, it actually starts to give you a visual of what that new kingdom looks like. So I need you to understand that, yes, you made a decision. You made the best decision ever, child of God. I don't want you to have any doubt, any fear, any frustration. You made the best decision ever to follow the Lord Jesus and to allow yourself to be modeled by him because he, he was sent. He was sent to you, to me, to all of us who are now living this new life. So this new life, in order for you to be built up in your faith, you have to have a picture of what the new world looks like. And this is going to be done by you reading through Revelation and going through the book um, and, and, and really thinking about new heaven, new earth. And you say this in your mind, you keep saying this over and over new heavens, new earth. And you think about it like, what does it look like to you? What does the Lord reveal to you about the new heaven and the new earth? Because these systems, these persecutions, everything that you're experiencing is passing away. You are in a dying world. The Lord has sent you, child of God, to a dying world. And you need to understand that the reason why many of us are not aware of how huge 
in my mental, your decision to follow the Lord was, you need to understand, child of God, that that decision impacts generations, not just yours, but also following generations. Your decision to follow the Lord impacted and redirected the nations, the path of the youth, of the even of the elders and so forth. So you need to understand you pledged allegiance to the Lord and you also declared war on the enemy's kingdom. So you said yes to this. And I know that some of us, we have experienced things. We have experienced tra- pain, trauma, and some we've experienced some loss. But child of God, I want you to be encouraged because you were not called, like I said earlier, to a trouble-free life. You were called to a life that Jesus said in John chapter 10, life and life more abundantly. So understand that the reason why you feel the way you feel and you go through the things that you're going is because this world is passing away. This kingdom, the this world system is passing away and you are being built for an eternal kingdom, a kingdom that it says will not be shaken or moved, a, a, a unshakable kingdom. So this is the reason why you are going through what you're going through is because you're being prepared for eternity. People who have not received the Lord, the reason why it seems like things are easy for them and things may, um, you know, they're not really focused on him is because they're, their kingdom is passing away. And in the Bible, it says that sin is pleasurable for a season. So you, child of God, understand that what you're going through is preparing you for an eternal kingdom. You are not on, You are not just going to go to heaven. I'm going to say this really quickly and get back to my message, you know, back to the message. You, child of God, when you transition, understand that, yes, you're going to go to heaven, but the Lord has a new heaven and a new earth for you to come back to. For you to actually live on so this earth that we currently live on this is not your final destination heaven is not your final destination that is a landing place for you until we are able to live and thrive in the new heaven and the new earth and that is the kingdom that will not be moved and that's that will be your life for eternity so child of god Understand that your decision may may have felt like, oh, you know, like, what did I get myself into? And you may feel like, oh, things aren't fair. Understand, child of God, that life in the kingdom is not fair, but life in the kingdom is full of favor. There's a difference between fairness and favor. Fairness is subjective. Favor is eternal. Let me repeat that again. You may have felt like life has not been fair for you, but understand that fairness is subjective. It it changes. It depends on perspectives. It depends on rules, laws, regulations, ordinances. This is what fairness depends on. But favor, the favor of God that is on your life, child of God, is eternal. It is a barrier. Favor is not fair. We didn't ask to be blessed. God decided to bless us. So the reason why you are even able to hear this message and receive and understand what I'm saying is because God has allowed you to understand these words. He has allowed you to understand his word. 
Understand that he blessed you with the ability to understand spiritual things. In the Bible, it talks about the carnal man cannot understand things of the spirit. So the fact that you're able to understand and, and receive what I'm saying is proof that you have been blessed. You have been blessed. So I just want to give us a quick illustration and I'm going to go to uh, John chapter 10 again. I'm going to read something to you. So I want you to picture in your mind a school building, a school building. All right. And I'm going to go to John chapter 10. I'm going to read a few verses to you and I'm going to let you see what I'm talking about. John chapter 10. And I will, I'll start at verse one. So verse one, it says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. I'm going to pause it really quickly because one of the things that came across my mind when I was reading this is I wanted to understand what these positions were. And when I mean with positions, I'm referring to shepherd, gatekeeper, doorkeeper, and porter, and so forth. Now, when you look up John chapter 10 in these scriptures, and yeah, let's go to it now. Let's see. So we go to verse three, which says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. I want you to understand. I'm going to look this word up. So in the original translation, it says doorkeeper. So now if we look up the word doorkeeper in the Greek. It's actually the word thyros. And it means a doorkeeper, a porter, a male or female janitor. Let me repeat that again a male or a female janitor. Now, remember how I just gave you the illustration? I want you to think about a school building. So, you, child of God, you, child of God, right? I want you to think about when you were in elementary school, and I want you to think about the, I want you to, I know this is going to be a little funny, right? I want you to think about the janitor, right? I want you to think about the janitor and I want you to think about the jokes that were made about the janitor as a child. And, you know, we we kind of looked down upon them when you were younger. You didn't really um, have too much respect for them, right? Because they were known for, like, you know, going from classroom to classroom and they would clean up stuff and whatever. I don't want to go into details, but we know all the different types of things that they cleaned up. So inside of this school building, there were different rooms. And inside of these rooms were students, teachers, and so forth. So you, child of God, I want you to understand that the Lord is giving an illustration here in John chapter 1, verse 3. He's given an illustration of him being the good shepherd, the one that the sheep know the voice of. So understand that when you were born, you were automatically born into, when you were born physically, naturally, when you were born, you were born inside of the school, right? I'm still using this illustration. We're born inside of the school. And depending on your assignment, your gift and calling, there was a room that you were called to stay in for a season, right? So there were certain experiences that you had. You may have lost your parents you may have uh, 
experienced child abuse. You may have been in foster care, whatever else, whatever the lessons that were imparted to your life, that was the classroom that you were in for a season. So you experienced trauma, pain, all these things. You had some good moments too, but you experienced all these situations, all these experiences were shaping you and molding you for a moment, right? Now, and the funny thing is you're inside of the school building and you're learning, you have different teachers, teachers representing different life situations, different people that the Lord allows you to experience. You were in these classrooms and you were going through certain things until a moment, right? Because you were set apart. You were born in this classroom. I'm sorry, you were born in this school inside of this classroom. Now, there was a moment that you were being prepared for. There was a moment that you were being prepared for. You were being prepared for a certain person that was going to pick you up from school and escort you out into your destiny. You were waiting for this moment, right? But the funny thing is, this person, Jesus, this person also was inside the school with you but you didn't see them because janitors go from room to room. They don't just stay in one place. They go from room to room. They clean up, they go through the restroom, they go through all the different classrooms. So as a student, you you get so used to seeing them that you actually stop seeing them. That's a term, I believe the term is cognitive dissonance anyway. I'm not exactly sure the term. I don't want to go too deep into that. But you got so used to seeing them that after a while you stopped seeing them, they became a part of the atmosphere. So you, child of God, I want you to understand that your whole life, right? You were being prepared for a moment. Even when you were younger, you were set apart in a certain classroom and the experiences and the teachers, the guides, tutors, and so forth were preparing you to be led out of school. Mm. They were preparing you to be led out of school. The Lord is the gatekeeper the gatekeeper. Remember how we just mentioned that gatekeeper is also the word porter, also meaning janitor. So even when you were not aware as a student, an adolescent in the spirit, when you were not aware of God's presence, the Lord was visiting you from time to time. And he saw you. You may not, you didn't see him, but he saw you because he was cleaning the classroom. He was, um, picking up papers, whatever, the junk, keeping the place in order because that's what janitors do. They keep, they help keep the place in order. They keep it clean. They keep it clean. They keep things set apart. You, so you, child of God, was set apart and you didn't even know that the janitor, the Lord, was visiting you. There were times, you didn't see him. He saw you. He was being, you was being, you was being prepared for him to meet you. So now how we go, just to go back to it, it says that the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. So you're still in class, right? And you don't even know that you're being prepared to leave this classroom because this world, this world that we live in ultimately is a classroom, all these experiences that we go through. We are in this world, but we're not of it. So when you are in the classroom, right? You're learning these lessons. And then finally, your father comes and picks you up 
takes you out and he starts to show you the world outside of school, which represents spiritual life. So you went from living naturally in schools, seeing doors, walls, chalkboards, and so forth, to now spiritually, he took you to another university, which is Kingdom University. So now you went in a new place and you're learning classes and the janitor is still there, which which is the, the, the father himself, the Lord Jesus himself, because they said in the scriptures, it says that they are one, they are one. So now you are in this university and you're learning lessons and you still remember the things that you learned in your school prior to that. So I don't want to stand this too long. I just want you to get a visual of what I'm talking about. Understand that even though that school, the Lord allowed you to be there for a season to be able to receive certain certain knowledge, certain experiences, certain things so that you could be escorted out because you were not supposed to stay there. You were not supposed to stay there. So understand that you being pulled out of that school was... It, it was an act of war because you were no longer a part of that system. You were no longer in the world. I'm sorry, you were no longer of the world. You are no longer of the system. As a child of God, following the Lord, you are now of Him. You are of the kingdom. And this is the reason why we have to start to understand and embrace our new life, which is reflected to us through the scriptures. You cannot really look backwards in order to understand who you are. You have to look forward into the scriptures. You have to look into the face of Jesus and see what you look like because this is your reflection. So continuing on, let me just share something, right? So Jesus is the good shepherd, right? And according to John chapter 10, it says that the good shepherd is willing to die for the sheep. So when the Lord came to your school, Understand that he came to the school to pick you up, but it was some conflict. It was it was a little bit of resistance to get you out of that school. It was some resistance. It was a lot of resistance because the enemy, you know, was kind of like a security guard. You know, he doesn't want anybody to come in and go out. That's a whole different conversation. So anyway, the Lord came in and he, he got past all those objections and, and got you to come out. But you have to understand that... There are many who are appearing and wanting to do ministry, but they're not necessarily true ministers. And what I mean by that is this, and this is what the, the Lord was talking about in John chapter 10. He said that there's a difference between a hired hand and a shepherd. Understand, child, that God, there is, there, even now, today, right now, even as I speak, there are two types of people. You have hired hands and you have shepherds. The difference between a hired hand and a shepherd is this. A hired hand only works for compensation. They are in it because of what they can get rather than what they can give. They are not there to protect the sheep. They are there to be compensated by the sheep. So there are people who are proclaiming the gospel, right? They're proclaiming the gospel, but some of them are not doing it from... Second... I gotta call him back. They're not doing it from pure motives. They're doing it because of the compensation that they're receiving. And these are what we call and label hired hands. 
the Lord knows the difference between the two. He knows the difference between a hired hand and a shepherd. So a hired hand only works for compensation. So you are sent, child of God. You are sent. You are sent. So understand that shepherds are sent. Hired hands went. They go places. They look for opportunities. They are looking to build their name. They're looking to establish their identity and, and build faith. Um, what is it? Build up their reputation. That's what hired hands do. But shepherds are willing to protect, fight for, defend, educate, teach, instruct, build up, love on the sheep. This is the difference between a, a, a hired hand and a, and a shepherd. So hired hands, like I said, they only work for compensation. So we children of God, we need to understand that the, like the decision to go against this world system automatically puts you on the enemy's side. I'm sorry, it puts you against the enemy who is, the, according to the scriptures, it says that he's a God of this world, the God of this system. So you are against him and he is not above you because the Lord is above everything but according to this world system everything that you're experiencing it is part of his plan the enemy's plan to keep you enslaved mentally spiritually and so forth he wants you to stay in bondage but you child of god understand that you are sent you were sent here for a time such as this your gifts your calling your abilities your articulation your communication skills your your talents the way you laugh the way you smile the way even your traumas, all these things were hardwired into your experience to fight against the enemy. All these things were hardwired into your DNA for a time such as this. There are people who respond to you that may not necessarily respond to a, um, another another preacher, another person. There are people who are who have literally been genetically wired to respond to Jesus speaking through you. Let me repeat that again. There are people who have literally been genetically wired to respond to Jesus speaking through you. And what I, what that looks like, what I mean by that is this, your tone, the way you talk, the way you articulate, the way you speak, the way you laugh, all of these things, your gifts, all like the things I just mentioned, all these things have a specific sound and smell in the spirit. And there are people who are attracted to that sound and that smell. And that's the reason why they're receptive to what you're saying because the Lord wired you in the educational institution I just mentioned in that school you were being prepared to, to release a sound and a smell so that people could see Jesus so child of God understand that persecution is verification that you're called persecution is verification that you're called the things that you are going through these are all verifications these are all a verification that you are called, that you are opposed to this world system. So understand also, this is one of my last, and I'm almost done here, and I'm going to share a quick testimony. So understand that persecution weeds out hired hands. I'm going to repeat that again. Persecution weeds out hired hands. In other words, persecution weeds out those who are only in it for the compensation. Remember how I mentioned that hired hands are only looking for compensation. They're looking for um, some type of reputation, fame, whether it be money, position, status. That's what hired hands are looking for. They're looking for some type of personal notoriety rather than notoriety and advancement for their kingdom. 
They're looking for it for themselves. Now, a shepherd, on the other hand, is looking to lead the sheep to a certain destination. And you, child of God, if you're under the sound of my voice right now, I'm believing that you are the ladder. You are the sheep. You are, I'm sorry, the shepherds. You are allowing the Lord's voice to be active in you, to be the one that you um, allow to minister and love on others, your life, your voice, all of these things, all of these things I just mentioned, all of these things are allowing the pe- allowing people to see Jesus so that they can be saved. So when wages and compensation from the hired hands is tested, so is the heart. So understand that persecution is actually a sign that you are advancing. Persecution is a sign that you are advancing, that you actually are opposed to this world system. If you don't have persecution, then you're not opposed to it. That's a whole different conversation. So I'm gonna admit something really quick and I'm almost done. So I can remember prior to me following Christ, I had more traits of a higher hand than I did a shepherd. I was quick to run. Because understand, like you go back to John chapter 10, I'm not going to read it fully, but it says that the hired hand runs when he sees the wolf coming. So when a hired hand sees danger, instead of protecting the sheep, he actually runs away because he doesn't want the fight. So anyway, before I was in Christ, I had more traits of a hired hand than I did a shepherd. I was quick to run. I did not respond well to pressure at all. If a situation started to get tough or I, th- I sensed resistance, or opposition, I departed and I got rid of people. I was in it for myself. I wasn't doing it for God. I wasn't concerned about the impact of my decisions. I was very self-centered and very self-preservative. Prior to me following Christ, I was a hired hand. However, God, the Lord Jesus has made me different. I now have a different nature and a set of tendencies, not because of me, but because of who I am following and who is now in me, which is the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so I think differently now. I live differently now. And this is you too, child of God. Prior to you being on the Lord's side, understand that you were an enemy of God. Now, I know a lot of us don't say that. We don't really preach that anymore. But if you're not saved, you are an enemy of Jesus. You are an enemy of God. So I'm going to share a quick testimony and I'm just going to, you know, give an example of how this works and I'm, and I'm almost done here. So I remember not too long ago, maybe like a month ago, I, I kept seeing these notifications on Facebook about the opportunity to get paid for posting content. And pretty much, you know, Facebook offers money to people who post content and like it's like on a random basis where you can get, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand to post content that people are you know that gets high engagement and people share whether it be reels post stories whatever it is um facebook is offering compensation to content creators and at first this sounded really cool i'm like okay all right i'm already posting content i'm already doing this maybe this would be cool but then something stopped me and i'm like no hold on i don't want any type of i i don't want the thought that if I, I've been doing this for free, everything I've been doing for years now, this podcast, everything I've been doing it from the heart, right? Now, I understand that there are people who are also doing things just like myself, they're doing it from the heart. But sometimes 
if you start getting compensated for something that you were doing from the heart, it actually can become a stumbling block to you if you are not a person who is focused in the spirit. So sometimes compensation can actually become a stumbling block. I don't want to dwell too long on this, but compensation actually is one of the ways to test a person. You know, someone that was doing something for a while and they were doing it from the heart, sometimes compensation, you it, it's it's a way that you can test the person is by saying, will they still do it at the same level, even though there was no compensation involved? So I understand that this system works a certain way. And if you start to go against the system and the system starts to see you as an enemy, I'm talking about this world system, and they stop compensating you. So let, let, let's just use an example. Like, let's say I did a post and it generated $10,000. Now I'm like, oh, man, I got to create more content. Now I'm not being motivated by the spirit anymore. Now I'm being activated by the world because I'm feeling as though I want, I, like, I need um, to handle some finances. I need to take care of some bills or whatever. So now I have the wrong motivation. So anyway, long story short, child of God, I'm telling you something right now. There's a lot of, you know, things out here in this world that are looking to trip you up, that are looking to cause you to stumble, you know. And I'm not saying this Facebook thing, me being paid, was a bad thing. I'm not saying that. But for myself personally, I did not want to have that, you know, as something I wanted to do because I don't want to do anything for the world. I don't want to do anything that causes me to be compensated. And then when they, you know, they they try to fight me and, and resist because I'm going against the world system, then they try to withdraw and cause issues. I'm like, I'd, I'd rather not be a part of it. You know, it, it says in the Bible, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So I challenge you, child of God, to even look at why you are doing the things that you're doing. Are you looking for accolades? Are you do- looking for notoriety? Are you looking for compensation? Either, even if it's at a later date, are you doing something because you're looking for compensation? Or are you doing it because the Lord is pressing you to do it and it needs to be done? So I, I, I challenge all of you. I encourage all of you to really look at things. We're almost done here. So really look at why you do what you do, whether it's the books that you write, the poems that you write, the the movies whatever you're doing look at why you're doing it make sure that there's no type of compensation that you're looking for and um i'm talking about kingdom work i'm talking about kingdom work i'm not talking about your business or anything like that your business that's a you know that's something different i'm talking about the things you specifically do for god are you looking for compensation from people or are you looking for people's souls to be saved you are in him you have not lost the battle and you will not lose so continue to focus on the lord 
He loves you. He has a plan for you. You are protected. You are covered. And there is nothing that can destroy the kingdom that you now serve and are a part of. Be encouraged, child of God. You have been sent here for such a time as this. You are blessed. You are loved. And you are favored. Amen. All right, guys, I thank all of you for joining today. I pray that this message blessed you. As I said, this is part one of the series, Kingdom Menace to Society. This is part one. I look forward to this season continuing. I'm sorry, not this season, this series. I believe it's really going to give us some revelation and insight and give us a deeper understanding of why we are here, why we are called, and even how to see our calling. So I encourage you guys to listen to the podcast, share with a friend, and yeah, have a blessed day. And remember that you are out. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into the podcast today. This is the Alpha Talk Tuesday podcast held every Tuesday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We look forward to you joining us next week. Have a wonderful day. And remember that you are Alpha.